So the CDs are back there. If you don't have $10, don't worry. Just grab both of them, both of the albums. That is a Swahili album in English. Because um, my desire is that you may have these messages uh, bouncing in your car when you're driving around. You can take even some for your friend. If you know a friend who, who you want to reach with the message of Jesus, you can take some and just go and bless, bless them with it. Amen? Yeah. Make sure you have it. It is illegal for you to step out of that door without a CD. Money is not an issue. Make sure you have it. And also we have brochures there if you want to know more about uh, the things that God is enabling us to fulfill in Africa and other parts of the world. We have brochures there that explain to you what we are doing. We've seen amazing hand of God doing marvelous things changing turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 30 Proverbs chapter 30 we put our finger on verse 24 we are going to read to verse 28 I'm reading from New King James Version New King James Version so so allow your version to succumb to my version today. Amen. <laughs> because my version is the one on the podium today. The most sanctified. <laughs> if you are there, shout Amen. Amen. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About saying Amen. <laughs> Uh, well, the Bible says in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. And there is, there is one lesson that I learned in my few years of working with God. I learned that one thing that the enemy wants you to always experience in your life is sadness. Because when you are sad, most of the time it welcomes fear. And the devil lies or he, he lives in the fear in you. But God lives in your faith. That is why you realize that the fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Because you allowed fear to capture your life. Because of the situations that you are going through in life. But today as I go to share this word, I believe that each one of us, we are going to step out with the spirit of a warrior believing that God is on our side. Is not even planning to leave us or to forsake us. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 24 to 28. There are four people on the earth, but they are exactly wise. Are a people not strong, yet they prepare food in the summer. The rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. The locust lock Yet all advance front. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. Verse 8, in some of your versions it says, uh, the lizard, but I want us to use our version today, where the word says, the spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. I'm going to minister on a subject that is called tired of the ordinary. Tired of the ordinary. Let us pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful moment that you've given us to be in your presence. Jehovah God, we thank you because you are here with us. Your presence fills the whole world. Your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be in their midst. Father, we thank you that we don't have to remind you every time that we need your presence or that we need you. You know that we need you and you know that without you we are nothing. And we also confess that without you as our God in our lives, we are nothing. So Jehovah God, I just pray that your hand may rest upon our lives. That even as I share this word, I pray that it shall be life in the hearts of your people. I pray that any discouraged soul will find their encouragement in you. Any fearful soul, Jehovah God, will find courage in you. Any sick person will be healed, my Father. For we know that in your word there is power. For your word says that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Father, we trust in you. We believe in you. And by faith we already celebrate in the spirit, knowing that we've conquered the battle. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say Amen. Amen. One thing that you need to understand about your God is that the God that we serve is an extraordinary God. That is why he will make sure that he disqualifies all the other gods that beings have trusted on the faith of, of the earth. He sent ten plagues to the land of Egypt. Because in Egypt they used to worship ten idols, ten gods. So God made sure that he sent them only ten plagues to teach them a lesson that not even one of your gods can deliver you from one of the plagues that I sent. I am the only true God. I am the only God that is worthy to be worshipped. So one thing with our God is that our God is an extraordinary God. He is a God who is not surprised by the challenges that we go through. He many generations. He speaks to you. He speaks to me through his servant called Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. And he says that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew your changes even before I formed you. I knew the things that you couldn't conquer even before I formed you. I knew the things that could make you cry even before I formed you. I knew the land that I wanted you to live in even before I formed you. I knew the things that could make you feel frustrated with life even before I formed you. I knew your strength before I formed you. I knew your weaknesses before I formed you. I knew your desires before I formed you. I knew the things that could attract you before I formed you. If you are a single lady, I knew the kind of a guy that could attract you. If you are a lady, I know, a guy, I know the kind of ladies that could attract you. I knew that kind of a person even before I formed you. Then he says that before I formed you, I, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. The word ordained means I handpicked you. You are not an accident. I don't care how your parents met. Even if they called you the unwanted pregnancy, you are not an accident. According to them, you are the unwanted pregnancy. But according to me, before I formed you in that womb, I knew you and I ordained you. I handpicked you, sanctified you, I set you apart. Before you began crying because of challenges of life, I already set you apart. Before you fell many times in life, I already set you apart. Before you felt like you are not... Uh, you are not set for the mission that I called you for. 
I, your God, I already set you apart. I handpicked you. And God never picks something just for the sake of trying to pick. Before God picks you, He has already created a purpose as to why He should pick you. Praise the name of Jesus. That is an extraordinary God. What He was Jeremiah is that your father is not the first, the, the first person to see you. Or your mother, or the, the midwives that helped your mom to deliver you. Or the doctors or the nurses that helped your mother to deliver you. Or maybe if Jeremiah's mom uh, delivered Jeremiah on her own in the garden, like, like most African women do, they deliver children, they, they are busy working on the farm, then all of a sudden the baby comes, she goes to the tree, and she delivers the baby, she cleans the baby, puts the baby aside, and she continues with the job she was doing. Even if that happens, what God is telling Jeremiah is that, there is no human being who saw you first. I'm the one who saw you first. The one who saw you first. I am the one who knitted everything that holds your life. Every desire. You desire to be a great person in the society. I'm the one who put that desire there. You desire to conquer. I'm the one who put that desire there. You desire to emerge a Victoria person in every situation of life. I'm the one who put that desire there. God knows you. God loves you. God has a purpose for you. He says that even the hair of your head are numbered. He doesn't say counted. It wouldn't be an amazing thing for, for God to count hair on your head because people have counted even seconds and they say is it 86,400 seconds per day? that human beings have, they've counted it. So it's not so amazing to count something. It wouldn't be an amazing for God to count your hair. But he says, your hair, the hair on your head are numbered. Meaning every single hair of your head, God held it like this and wrote a number on it. Number one, number two, number three, number four. So when you go to the barber shop and they shave your head, God knows that is the hair 2076 number that has fallen down. He knows you that very, that very well. Amen. And when you know that, then that alone is enough to assure you that your God is able. That alone is enough to assure you that the reason why I'm alive today is because there must be a purpose as to why God has allowed me to be alive today. The reason why I'm still breathing, the reason why many died through an accident. I experienced an accident, but I didn't die. It wasn't by luck. The people of we don't live by luck, because luck favors fools. It is a fool who says in his heart, there is no God. He says in the heart. He doesn't open his mouth to say it, but he says in the heart, there is no God. So if he was being struck with something or a bullet almost hit him and he missed it, he says, by good luck, today I'm still alive. But the people who walk with God, we know that no weapons formed against us will be able to prosper. Why? Because there is a purpose that God has created in our, in our lives. There is something that God wants us to fulfill. Have you ever wondered why God did not take you to heaven immediately you gave him your life? Yes, Jesus died so that we may go to heaven. But he did not die only just for the sake of us going to heaven. He died so that we may go back to Genesis where God said, let us make man in our own image. And let them have dominion. Because after we fell into sin, the dominion that God ordained for us to have, we lost it. But Jesus came so that he may restore it back to us. That is why in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18, Jesus himself speaks to us and he tells us that whatever you bind on earth 
it shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be lost in heaven. I want you to follow the way Christ brings it. He begins by giving us the responsibility that whatever you bind on earth, then it shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, then it shall be lost in heaven. Most of the time we've been waiting on God to bind things when God is waiting on us to bind. We've been waiting on God to fight this battle when God is waiting on us to begin the battle. You're following what I'm saying? God created us so that we may have dominion. That is why when you get saved, He doesn't take you to heaven immediately because He wants you to exercise the dominion that He created you for. He wants you to show the world how awesome your God is. In fact, God does not want us to go to heaven right now. And if you die right now, you've died very early. And you'll die as a thief and as a robber. Why? Because there are talents that God has given you. There is a purpose that God called you for that you've died with. The richest land on the face of the earth is the graveyard. Because in the grave are so many buried books that were not written. So many buried movies that were not acted. So many buried songs that were never written. So many buried messages that were never preached. Because this person had this calling from God, but he encountered a challenge to the point of giving up and destroying himself. The word says that I shall not live. I mean, I shall not die, but live and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. You confess it with your mouth. I shall not die, but live and proclaim the goodness. God wants us to have dominion, but now the question comes in. How do we exercise our dominion? How do we exercise our dominion? How do we walk in the plans that God has set for us? How do we walk in the victory that Jesus has set for us? That is why I believe the Spirit of the Lord has led us to these little creatures. And God says there are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. Number one, acquiring wisdom simply needs you to fear God. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of of wisdom. Wisdom is something that is you cannot acquire it in school. You don't get it only by reading books. By reading books you acquire knowledge which gives you an understanding on how to do what you've already known. But wisdom gives you an understanding on what to do next. Now I am in this challenge. What should I do next? People who don't have wisdom when they are in a critical challenge they think of committing suicide. Because wisdom doesn't direct them to the higher power who is God. Extraordinary God who is not surprised by the situations that we find ourselves in. To an extraordinary God who before he allows you to get into that critical condition, he has already set a way out for you. And it won't take long before you come out of that way. And God will always use the situations that you're going through for him to gain glory for himself. Because the only food that God eats whenever he's hungry, is glory that he gains his people. And sometimes he will have to allow you to go through hard for him to get the glory that he wants. When Lazarus was sick, they sent a note to Jesus. Uh, that didn't have email, so they, they just sent a, somebody ran with the paper to Jesus with a note and to, to that Lazarus is sick. Jesus did not go. He waited until Lazarus was dead. Then he tells his disciples that our friend Lazarus is dead and I am glad. 
What is he glad? Because he knows that now I am going to gain the greatest glory. The biggest pizza. I am going to get it now. Because everybody now knows that Lazarus is dead. And he waited until the fourth day. Because the Jews believed that if somebody was dead, there was a possibility for him to resurrect on the, th- on the second or on the third day. There was a possibility. So Jesus made sure that he waited on the fourth day. For them now to believe that, okay, now it is serious. Lazarus is dead. And on the fourth day, Jesus came and he resurrected him. He will allow us to go through hard situations. But for the purpose of him gaining glory. There is something that we need to be praying as believers and as Christians. That God, glorify yourself in my expense. It's dangerous, but it is worth it. Glorify yourself in my expense. No matter what happens to me, glorify yourself. Amen. God is directing us to these small things. And He says, even though they are little, they are wise. Wisdom is not acquired in school. Wisdom is not acquired in just uh, watching movies, listening to, to stuff around. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Because wisdom is not acquired even in universities because we've heard of learned fools. They are very much learned, but they are fools. Why? They have knowledge, but they are still fools because they don't have wisdom. Now God looks at these little creatures and there's a, there are some characteristics that I want us to learn today through these little creatures. And God says, even though they are little, but they are exceedingly wise. So verse 25, God begins with a little creature called ants. And he says, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. So how do you exercise your dominion? Number one, learn to develop yourself. Learn to develop yourself. Jude, uh, Jude 20, there's a, book, there's a small a script or a small called Jude. It is before, uh, before Revelation. Jude 20, it says that we should develop ourselves or we should uh, make ourselves in the, holy, in the holiness of God or in the Holy Spirit of God. Meaning, building up yourself. It is like going to the gym. You realize that when Jesus was doing his ministry, he made sure that he was always building up himself. How? In Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the Bible says that very early in the morning, Jesus could wake up and go to a secluded place and spend time with God the Father. He could spend like four hours just talking to God and listening to God. You know, most of the times we just pray and after prayer we are up, we are gone. It doesn't go that way. You have to talk to God, then you, 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 you relax and you wait for him to give you the direction. You wait for him to, to tell you what you have to do. It is like when he came to Moses. He gave, Moses had to wait for God to give him direction. Other than Moses just calling you, and immediately I start going. I haven't heard what God wants me to do. We go to pray, we are going to have a conversation with God. That is how you build up yourself. Because a prayerless church is a powerless church. A prayerless believer is a powerless believer. Yes, you are sanctified. Yes, you are chosen by God. Yes, you are born again. But you are powerless. You don't exercise your dominion. 
the disciples used to sleep for many hours. When Jesus was busy developing himself, very early in the morning, the disciples were sleeping. One day a certain lady brought, uh, a certain guy brought his son that was demon possessed. The disciples struggled with this, with this son. They were not able to deliver this son. They struggled for many, many hours. They struggled and struggled. They were not able. So when Jesus came, after developing himself with the Father, after hearing from the Father, when he came down, Jesus was able to deliver this child. Why? Because he had spent time with God. When you spend time in a bakery where they make cookies, you will smell like cookies. When you spend time where they cook teriyaki, you will smell like teriyaki. When you spend time with God, you will not be able to help it, but to smell like God. And even the situations in life, they will give way because they will know that this one has spent time with God. The demons know you. In the Bible, there's a place, the sons of, the, the sons of Skewa, they went to, to cast out a demon they, and demons asked them a question. First of all, demons told them that Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? Because you don't smell like Jesus. You don't smell like Paul. Who are you? And the, the, the devil had no otherwise but to make them become as naked as he is. He blessed them with some feast and caused them to be naked. They ran in the streets with no clothes. Why? Because they went to cast out demons before developing themselves. Everybody nowadays is okay with being ordinary. Every Christian nowadays, they are okay with being ordinary. Most of the churches today, they are okay with being ordinary. As long as on Sunday they come, they have an ordinary service, they go back home, they are okay with that. But in the, in the times of the apostles, every church, every service they, that they had, it was never ordinary. God always visited them in an extraordinary way. Why was that? Because they learned to develop themselves in the spirit of God. They did not intellectualize the word of God. Because when you begin to intellectualize God, you will always be missing out on Him. God says that we have to trust Him. We have to Him by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. When you walk with God, you must have an opened mind. You, you must not intellectualize Him that, okay God, yesterday you did this way, yesterday you moved in this way, now let me time you on this way. No, you can't time it that way because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So if you say that He's the God of yesterday, you, you know Him because of yesterday, He will ask you how about the Jesus of today. If you say, okay, the Jesus of today, we've already experienced you in the service, so I already know you. He will ask you, how about the Jesus of forever? Because he's awesome, he's, 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 he's always revealing himself. That is what revelation is. Most churches today, they are okay with, in, with, with uh, intellectualized uh, sermons and messages. They want to deduce everything intellectually. Okay, this, now the, how did it go, the Greeks, the Hebrews? But when you walk with God, you must have an open mind for revelation. Because revelation is not being given ideas. Revelation is self-unfolding of God. Whereby the mind of man is made aware of the thoughts and the plans of God. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. So if yesterday he gives you one thought, don't think that that is the only thought that you'll run with the whole year. It will come with another thought today. Because the revelation of God is progressive. If Abraham was not walking according to the progressive revelation of God, Abraham would have killed his son. Because God told him 
to slaughter his son, to sacrifice his son. It is God who told him. And Abraham was going to do it as per the word of God. God told him, I want your son, sacrifice your son for me. When Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, God told him, don't do it. The same God who told him to kill Isaac is the same God who told him not to kill Isaac. If Abraham was a stingy believer who was not walking as per the progressive revelation of God, the revelation of now, he could have killed his son in the name of God who told me. Yet God had already spoken to him not to do it. But I thank God that Abraham had learned to develop himself by serving God by faith, walking by faith, living by faith. You have to trust God. The same way you are trusting that None of you came in the morning to confirm. Uh, is, huh? Jeremy, is this working? Huh? None of you did that. None of you did that. You came and automatically you sat on it. God wants us to trust Him that way. God, I know this situation is tough. But it is not tough to you. I trust you. You develop yourself. One way that the ants develop themselves is that they work on their colony. Every day, they are always working on their colony. They are building up their colony. In Africa, there is a, uh, there is a, there is a desert in a, in a village called Lodwa. If you go to browse online, you can see Lodwa. L-O-D-W-A-R. Lodwa. It is a desert place. But there, there are ants that have built their colonies. If you look at that desert, you see things like trees. Very tall, but they are not trees. They are actually soil that the ants brought together and they built them. And they are very strong and high. No matter how hard you try to kick them, you won't bring them down. Because they developed their colony to make it strong. And God looks at the way the ants developed their colony and God says, this thing is very wise. When you talk of colony, you are talking of a kingdom. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 teaches us that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. The original language for that scripture means seek ye first to promote the kingdom of God. And while you are busy promoting the kingdom of God, all these other things that ordinary believers are always seeking and running after, they will run after you. They will come after you. Opportunities will just come after you. People will be looking for you. You will have so many opportunities that you won't know what to do with them. But simply because you've learned that the reason why I was created was to promote the kingdom of God. The ants will always make sure that their colony is packed. That their colony is full. God looks at that and he says this thing is very wise. Number two about the ants is that you will always find them where there is food. No matter how clean your house is, if you forget and you leave some crumbs on your kitchen, there's a possibility that if that vicinity has ants, there's a possibility that you'll find ants in your kitchen. You went to bed when you wake up at 3 a.m. going to the fridge to get something cold to drink. You find ants there. They are busy working. And taking food and directing it where? To their kingdom. To their colony. Jesus said that my food is to do the will of him who sent me. When you move the food in your kitchen, you realize this food has attracted ants. You move it from there and you take it to another place. Within a few minutes, you realize that the ants have, have, have dissected their direction. They've gone to where you went and hid the food. They will always, because their antenna, they are very much uh, attentive 
And their antenna always knows. They can smell very well. So they know where the food is. That is where they are. That is the same thing that Jesus was saying. That my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. You will not find me where God doesn't want me to be. You will find me where God wants me to be. You will find me doing the things that God wants me to do. Even if I, whether, whether I feel like doing or I don't feel like doing it. As long as God wants me to do it. You will find me doing it. Why? Because this is why I was born. This is the reason why I was created. That is how these ants are able to become very uh, extraordinary. To the point that God leaves all the other insects. But God about them. Because they are extraordinary. Even you, God desires that you may be an extraordinary believer. An extraordinary believer that every morning when you wake up in the morning, when you, even before you set your foot on the floor, just by opening your eyes like this, the demon says, Ouch! He's awake again. We are in trouble. Because you've learned to develop yourself in God. Now that doesn't mean you become over spiritual to the point that you lose less on the earth. Because there are believers who are too spiritual to the point that they think they are living in the heaven to the point that they are useless on the earth. But you realize that when Jesus was doing his ministry, he always knew how to go with the levels. Whether he was talking to the children, he could talk to the children. Whether he was laying hands on them, he could talk to them and the children could enjoy being with Jesus. Because Jesus, he was so spiritual and at the same time he was very useful to the earth. Because our mission is here. If you are a preacher, preach your sermons here. We will not want to hear your sermons in heaven. <laughs> I don't think we can let Jesus sit down and we let you preach. No. We want to hear your, pre- your preachings now. Because in heaven we will be hearing Jesus. If you are a musician, do it now. If there are books that you need to write, do it now. There are no books to be written in heaven. We only have one book. Praise the name of Jesus. So do it now. You are on the face of the land. Everybody, everybody desires to go to heaven. The dangerous prayer that you can ever pray as a believer is that Jesus come back. Your grandfather is not born again. You want Jesus to come back. That is dinginess. You have to wait. The Bible says that until this gospel will reach all the corners of the earth, that is when it will come. So all the bomb blasts that we see around, this has nothing to do with bringing God. There is no Arab man that has the capacity to, to shake the kingdom of God, to shake God on his throne until he says, ah, let me go down now. No. He says, until his word will be preached to every corner of the earth. Until everybody will be able to hear his word. That is when he will come. So let us not rush to go to heaven. We will be there. You will be there forever. Why, why should you rush to go there? Do what God called you to do on the face of the earth. Create a mark on the face of the earth. Be extraordinary. And it is a simple thing. Just by developing yourself. By developing yourself in God. Reading the word of God. Eating the word of God. When you go to read the Bible, you don't go there with a carnal mind. You go there with an open spirit. You don't go there with a mind that, okay, I want to challenge this person. No, no, no. Go there with an open spirit. God, what do you want me to learn from this? Because the only thing that will change you is the revelation from the heart of God. Not many scriptures. There is no human being who has many scriptures like the devil. 
The devil has the full Bible. The full Bible is in the mind of the devil. And he can quote them many times. That is why if the devil realizes that you are too spiritual, he will use the scriptures to mislead you. He tried to tempt Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 that if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus quoted the scripture. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 that man will not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the devil realized, oh, okay, you are becoming spiritual now. Then the devil took him to the higher place. Then he told him, jump down for it. The devil quoted the scripture and he gave him Psalms 91 verse 11. It is written, he will command the angels to uphold you so that you don't strike a foot upon a rock. He gave him the scripture and he quoted it exactly. But Jesus was walking under the revelation. You can never walk under the revelation of God if you don't learn to develop yourself in God. Don't wait to be pushed. It is something that you have to do. That is why when you receive Jesus, you say, Be my Lord and my Savior. Not be our Lord. Be my Lord and my Savior. During the judgment day, everybody will stand before God singular. You alone. Not with your parents, not with your sisters. You alone. During the judgment day. When you hear the word judgment, you, be, you get scared. But usually, uh, honestly, it is something that will favor us. Because judgment, talking of judgment doesn't mean that you're already doomed. It simply means God is separating it from the wrong. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. So he says the answer that people are not strong yet. They prepare the food in the summer. They've learned to develop themselves. Developing yourself is half the victory. Developing yourself is half the victory. Somebody said that if I was given six hours to chop down a tree, uh, I would use three hours to sharpen my axe. Then the next three hours to chop it down. Why? Because it will, I will use less effort. Simply because I developed my axe before I put it to work. To learn to develop ourselves. Coming to church on Sunday alone is not enough. Make that Bible your friend. Make that Bible your friend. You can't, you can't say you are a friend of Jesus and you are not a friend of your Bible. Because Jesus, the word of Jesus is... And that is how you communicate with him. That is how you know more about him. Make that Bible your, your friend. Read it. Develop yourself in it. And you don't study, you feel guilty. You feel like you've wronged God just because you haven't studied. It, you're good. It keeps you fit in the spirit. In Kenya, we, we, we fight with spiritual forces. You go to preach somewhere and you see old men coming. They are witches that are very much renowned in the village. They are renowned and every, every villager is scared of them because if they say something, it happens. If they say you will die tonight, you will die. So we go to preach there and they come. They come. And they tell us, young man, pack all your things and leave. Because that is what the devil likes. The devil loves to control regions. He loves to control territories. That is why Jesus called one of the kings, uh, he called him a fox. When one king sent a message to Jesus to get out of the city, and Jesus sent a message back to him, go tell that fox, I'm here today, tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the devil loves to capture regions. Like in Idaho, there are demons that are assigned by their master to capture the whole of Idaho. He loves to capture regions. So when you go there with something fresh from the heart of God, they rise up against you. 
because you are after their region. Just the same way the devil is after region, God is also after regions. God wants us to capture the whole region. In fact, not only a region. He says, go to the whole world and preach the gospel. So they come to us and they tell us, young men, pack up your things and leave. And because we have faith in God, the carnal mind, our carnality is cared for it. Because you even have the church elders who come to you and they tell you, um, I think we should go. This man has killed several people here. So you know, this is a church elder. Now that fear starts to creep into your life. So even though you are encouraging yourself as a preacher, God is for us, man. Don't be scared. But inside you, you know, there is some fear that you have. But I thank God that the fact that I'm alive today is an indication that God has never let us down. There is, some, there is, there is, there is a guy that uh, sent rain, he sent the rain just to disperse the people. This is the way they do it and all of a sudden the cloud changes and it begins to rain. And Africans are scared of rain. They run, they run away from the rain. You can think it's raining knives and, and bows and arrows. They are scared of rain so they begin to run away from the rain. But God has, has always been giving us victory. There is one that pointed his hand like this. Get out of there and his hand remained like that. Preached the gospel. We prayed. And we dispersed the people. He was remaining there like this. That was funny. <laughs> that was We didn't rush to help him. We went and had our tea. He was just there. Up to something 8 p.m. And, and you know in the village it gets very dark because they don't have electricity. It's the kind of darkness that you can even touch. Yeah, it's very, very dark. Still remaining there. So later, because our God is gracious, we decided to be like our God. We became gracious. We went to Him and we helped Him. And God delivered Him. Up to that time, since that time to today, the guy never went back to witchcraft because he experienced God. In us, we were fearful, but we were balancing. We were fearful, but at the same time, not allowing the fear to put us down. We were allowing the scriptures to speak for us, that no weapons forged against us. Some scriptures say, some versions say forged. The term forged means it is not original. It is like a man, money that has been forged. There is original money and the money that has been forged. Anything that is, is forged is not as powerful as the original one. So God says no weapons forged against you shall be able to prosper. Why? Because it is forged, it is powerless. No matter what they throw against your life, it will not prosper. No matter what the, de the devil does to you and to your family, it will not prosper. At the end of the day, your God shall gain victory. Number two, God is talking about the rock badgers. He says the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. So number two, you have to recognize your strength. Recognize your strength. Everybody is unique. Everybody is unique. You are not called to fit in. Some of you always feel left out just because you don't fit in. Because your parents don't understand you or your siblings don't understand you. None of us here were called to fit in. We were all unique in our own ways. And God has called you for his own purpose and God doesn't want you to keep wasting your time trying to make people to understand. They will not understand you because what is happening in your life is not your own thing. It is the doing of God. And no carnal mind can understand the things of God. So stop wasting your time trying to make people understand you because of the strength that you have. Each one of us here are different. 
Joseph was different from his brothers. He comes with a dream. His brothers don't have a dream. So he comes with a dream. Then he tells them, I have a dream. And when I dreamt, you guys were bowing down before me. And all those and all those. So the brothers did not like it. They did not like the fact that one day they would bow down before their youngest brother. Before Joseph. But one thing with the word of God upon your life is that it will, it will always make sure that it comes to pass. Because these brothers took Joseph and they threw him into the pit. They didn't want to bow down. The reason why they threw him down is, was because of the issue of bowing down. They didn't want it. So they threw him into the pit. One day when those guys were passing by and they wanted to sell Joseph, they had to go down to the pit where they threw him and they had to bow down and to bring him out. So already the bowing down was happening. The word of God that Joseph saw in the dream was already happening. When God, asked, when God calls you for a mission, you don't see things happening now. It will surely come to pass. It will surely come to pass as long as you are in line with the will of God. As long as you are walking according to the word of God. The rock badgers, the Bible says that they are a feeble folk, meaning they are very weak. They can't fight. How many of you have seen the movie called um, Gods Must Be Crazy? Yeah? Uh, great, great. There is, there, is this guy, there is this guy who walks in the desert with big boots and there is a certain animal that goes and sticks to it to his boot. He tries to kick it off, it doesn't go off. That is the rock badger. The reason why this rock badger was seeking after this man or sticking to this man is not just because this man was a foreign man in that land. But it is because this man was his strength, its strength. Because the sun was too hot in the desert and this man was providing shadow for this animal. So the animal said, kick me the way you want, how much you want, but I'm not leaving you because you are my strength. So these rock badgers, usually the way they fight, when the enemy comes against them, the way they fight, they don't go straight to the enemy. The way they fight, they go between the rocks. And when they go between the rocks, now the lion that wanted to eat it, it can't be able to go in there because it is hidden in the rock. And God looks at that character and God says, this creature is very wise. It knows it doesn't have the to fight. So what it does, it goes between the rocks. That is why I sang the song, Jesus, the Rock of Ages. When we can learn to hide ourselves in Christ Jesus, He is our strength. One way of fighting with the devil is that you let Jesus go into the ring. When the devil thinks you're the one going in, you let Jesus go in. The devil says, ouch. He decides to step out. The rock badger will always go and hide between the rocks. If we can learn to hide between the rocks, between the rock of then our future is bright. Hide in the rock of ages. Then everything that God promised you to come to pass, He will make sure that He causes it to come to pass. They are very weak. They can't fight. But every battle that they encounter, they win. They come out alive. Not because they fought, but simply because they learned where their, their strength is. And they went there and hid. There is a strength in your life. If you can't rap, it doesn't mean you are a potentialist person. There is a potential in your life. If you can't write books, it doesn't mean that you were born empty. No, there is a potential in your life. And God wants you to recognize it. The reason why everybody today, most of the young people, I don't know about here, but most of the young people in Kenya, everybody wants to be Jay-Z, everybody wants to be Lil Wayne, everybody wants to be so-and-so, every preacher wants to be Billy Graham. You wonder why? Billy Graham is Billy Graham and you are you. 
be yourself. There is a strength in you that if you can learn to operate in that strength, you'll be able to conquer. One way of worshipping God in spirit and in truth is not to sing many songs. It's not just to read many scriptures. One way of worshipping God in spirit and in truth is for you to realize who you are and you operate according to how God created you to operate. You love yourself. You look in the mirror and you say you're wonderfully, marvelously created. Amen. You love yourself. You love what God created you to become. Because when you do that, you're glorifying God. Can you imagine Maria coming to me, my daughter coming to me and says, Daddy, I'm so ugly. Me as a father, I'll feel horrible. Because first of all, I'm the one who initiated. Yes, God is behind everything, but I had to do my page very well. Yeah? <laughs> me is that, you know. <laughs> so when you think that God doesn't call you, he wonders. That's why Adam told God that I heard your voice and I hid because I was naked. God asked him a question. Who told you you were naked? I never told you you were naked. I love the way you are. Who told you you are naked? Who have you been listening to? Whose voice have you been entertaining? Because in all the voices that I've been sending to you, I've never sent you a voice that says you are naked. And some of us up to today, we go to God and we tell him we are naked. We have nothing. There is a strength in you. You have to realize what it is and begin to concentrate in it. There is a difference between having a work and having a job. You cannot have a job. You may not be having a job, but that doesn't mean that you, you are not working. A work and a job, those are two different things. A job is something that you have to be paid for you to do it. You don't care whether it's done if they don't pay you. If, they, if you are sure they will pay you, then you are excited to do it. But if they are not going to pay you, you are not as uh, pumped up to do it. Because it is a job. But a work is something that you are born to do. Whether they pay you or they don't pay you, you just rejoice in your heart to the fact that God gave you a privilege to do your work. When Adam was created, he was the garden. And he did come to the garden and I don't see Adam beginning to seek for a job in the garden. That God give me a job. job? No. Adam came and he already knew that I'm created to work. There is something in me that God created me to do. And that is why I am here in Idaho. Realize what is that thing. You may not be a preacher who speaks like we speak. But you can preach with your life. We only use words when necessary. But the original preaching is your lifestyle, our lifestyle. The way we live back at home. If you are a parent, the way you handle your children, the way you handle your wife. If you are, a, you are still living with your parents and you say you are born again, the way you respect them, the way you live with them, that alone is enough to preach the gospel to them, other than opening your mouth. There are people who say they are born again, they are born again, they love Jesus, they are always speaking in tongues and all that, but they don't respect their parents. There is no preaching there. There is a strength in you. There is a strength in you. you just go, go back to your soul and find it. God, what is this thing that you created in me? 
Everybody has their own strength. Every church has their own strength. There is a strength specifically that God has given for this church that the other church doesn't have. That is what you need to find out. Then after finding it out, you begin to work on it. Recognize where your strength is. Once you recognize where your strength is, you'll be able to flourish in that area. David realized his strength. And when David realized that his strength is not in wearing the, the paraphernalia of war, all the metallic things and the heavy stuff, Saul to give him those things, he put them down because they were not his strength. He realized that his strength was in the slingshot. And when everybody was saying that Goliath was too big to hit, David was saying Goliath is too big to miss. Whatever stone I throw, it will surely get a part of his face. Why? Because he was concentrating on his strength. Verse 27, the locusts have no king, yet they all advance in rank. So number three, you must have what we call personal commitment. Personal commitment. You can't say you're walking with God, but you're not personally committed to Him. I know the grace of God is sufficient, but the grace of God will not be manifested in your life as far as ministry, as far as you having dominion, as far as you operating, and as far as you uh, promoting the kingdom of God when you are just seated and you are not doing anything in the kingdom. You must have personal commitment. It takes personal commitment to walk with God. Walking with God is not easy. Being born again doesn't mean that you are now immune to problems. In fact, you are now the target. Every problem on the face of the earth will now target you. Simply because you are born again. Simply because now you are going against the tide. When every other ordinary person, they are going this way. They don't have any, anything that they encounter. They don't have anything that comes against them. Why? Because they are going with the tide. But when an extraordinary believer decides that I'm not going with the tide, I'm going to face the side where God is going, you'll, make, you'll, you'll realize that you're always encountering things that are rising against you. Every now and then. Every now and then. Because the enemy is more scared of you than you're scared of him. Greater is the one that is in you than the one who's in the world. Every disciple that we read about in the Bible, all the miracles that by God's grace happened through their lives, they never happened just by them relaxing and enjoying. They had to be committed. They had to be committed to following Christ. They had to be committed to living for God. Some of them were frightened that you choose Christ or this other they were frightened, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were frightened that if you don't bow down to this golden image, we will throw you to the fiery furnace. But they were committed to God. Daniel was committed to God. The disciples who walked with Jesus, they were committed to God. Peter was crucified upside down because of his commitment to Jesus. In fact, they wanted to crucify him like Jesus, and he said, No, I am not of his level. You can't crucify me like the way you've crucified him. I am not of his level. So crucify is the one who gave them the idea. If you want to crucify me because of Jesus, okay, I'm committed to loving him. Now crucify me like this. Gave them the idea. But today believers will quit the church just because the pastor didn't greet them. They will quit walking with God just because the pastor did not recognize them when they came in to the church, they will quit walking with God just because they've been sacked from their job. They quit walking with God. There are people that were sown into two. 
with their axle. They were cut into two, into pieces, all for the love of God. John the Revelator who wrote the book of Revelation, he was thrown in oil, hot oil, all for the love of God. Can God find people that are committed today to him? That is where that term comes in. Glorify yourself in my expense. I am willing. The grasshoppers, they are very much committed. God says they have no king, meaning they have no one to give them direction. They have no one to tell them what to do. But when they want to go and destroy the crops, in whatever acre that is ahead of them, if they want to go and destroy it, all of them are committed. Not even one of them will remain behind. Waiting to be reminded, hey, hey, Mr. Locker, come over here. No. All of them are committed. There is our target. Let us all go. Not even one of them waits to be reminded that, hey, now it's time to move. No. They are all committed that that is where we have to go. That is the crop we have to destroy. They go there and destroy it. Until in the book of Joel, God calls them my great army. Because God looks at their commitment. When they are put to work, they are committed to that work. They don't know how to fly very well. So what do they do? If they want to get to that other side of the land, they will come to this area, pile up together in unity. They pile up together, then they will wait for the wind to blow from this side to that side. Then when the wind blows from this side to that side, they jump up a little bit. They connect themselves to the wind. Then the wind gives them a free ride to the other side where they wanted to go. God looks at that and God says, this thing, even though it is small, but it is very, very wise. When you talk about the wind in the Bible, you are talking about the Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, you will, you'll read passages that say, suddenly there was a wind that came. That is the Spirit of God. When Moses hit the water, and there was, all of a sudden, there was a way for the children of Israel to pass, there was a wind that came. That was the Spirit of God. It is not Moses who did the miracle. God just used him. To do the miracle. But it is God who performed that miracle. And Moses and the children of Israel were able to walk. When you talk about the wind. You are talking about the spirit of God. In Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. The Bible says that it is not by might. Nor by power. But by my spirit. The thing that God has called you to accomplish in life. It is by your might. Yes God wants your commitment. But it is not by your might. That those things will be able to be accomplished. The ministry that God has called you for, the dream that God has given you, it on your capacity, it on your capability. You will always need the Spirit of God for you to be able to fulfill it. The last one, then I get my black face out of your face. Verse 28. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands and it king's palaces. The spider. So the last one, use what you have. One thing spider, you realize that the spider the spider has never come to you to ask you for anything. And if you have one spider that came to you and actually spoke to you, that is a demon. You need to bind it. The spider has never come to you to ask you for anything. Why? Because the spider knows that I was created with everything. The spider was created with something called cobwebs. And they don't need you for them to live. They go to any tree they, they, they just spread their cobweb and they relax there. They don't pay the rent. They're just relaxing. And any fly that never went to school to be taught that a cobweb is a dangerous thing to play with, if it comes there trying to jump thinking it's a trampoline, it will be surprised, catched, 
then the spider will come very slowly because it has used the potential to gain what it wanted to gain in life. It will come very slowly, begin to eat. It will never come to ask you for salt because it already has what it needs. Even if you hit a spider from the wall, you realize that before it falls, it always throws the cobweb to the other side. Then it falls very slowly, always using its potential, always. It uses its potential to catch food, it uses its potential to live, it uses its potential to create a house for itself, using what it has. We have something, amen. We have the word of God. We have the word of God. In any situation that you find yourself in, there is a word of God that defends you. There is a word of God that speaks concerning that situation. If you are sick, the word of God says by his you are healed. The word of God says you shall lay your hands upon the sick and they shall be made well. In fact, God says lay your hand. We will pray. We pray just to encourage the faith of these people. But in real sense, the word just says lay your hand. And it doesn't tell us a specific place to lay our hands. Most of the times we write the hand because we think that is where they are not flow very well. But the word says you shall lay your hands and they shall be made whole. Anywhere. Just laying your hand anywhere. Meaning that if you are ministering and the, the, the anointing of God is flowing, you just lay your hand even accidentally, uh, as to what we can say accidentally. If this guy was sick, all of a sudden he, he realizes that something has changed in his physical body. Because it is the word of God. Every situation that you are going through, there is a way out. There is a way out. And you should never allow your carnal mind to blindfold you. You should always know that you are a target and the enemy is after you. And the enemy never targets people who are not doing anything to destroy his kingdom. The enemy will always target people who are doing something that messes up their plan and messes up their kingdom. So when those targets come, that is why the Bible says in Philippians 4.4 that rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. This is Paul writing. And he was writing when he was in chains. And he says rejoice. Because this target is an indication that there is something that God is using me to do on the face of the earth. I'm not just living here as an empty vessel. There is something that God is using me to do. So the targets come. The targets come. One after the other. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that. You overcome this challenge, all of a sudden there is another one. You overcome this challenge, all of a sudden there is another one. You wonder, what's wrong with my life? There is nothing wrong with, with your life. There is something wrong with the kingdom of the enemy. And you are the one that, that is causing that wrong thing to be done in their kingdom. When you wake up in the morning, you speak the word. Something happens in the spirit. Praise the name of Jesus. We have something. We have something. Let us be extraordinary believers. Let us be extraordinary believers. Living under the will of God. Living under the word of God. Let the people see the extraordinariness of God in us. The way Peter tried to hide himself from that little girl, from those three people who said, you've been with him, tried to hide himself. He was not able to hide himself because you can't walk with an extraordinary God and remain ordinary. Every time you walk with an extraordinary God, even if you didn't want it, all of a sudden you become an extraordinary believer. Because greatness is contagious. 
when you walk with a great God, the greatness that God buried in you, all of a sudden begins to sprout out. All of a sudden begins to manifest. You have been living in fear. Feeling like, oh, I am not worthy. Who on the face of the earth is worthy? No one is worthy. No one is worthy. Who on the face of the earth is strong? Everybody who pretended to be strong, God made sure he found the weakest to challenge them. To show them that unless I am strong in you, your strength is nothing. God will never call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He calls you first in your weaknesses. He calls you first the way you are. In your ignorance, he calls you. Then as you walk with him, he keeps revealing himself to you. Say Amen. As you walk with him, he keeps revealing himself to you. But it will take your commitment. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why only few? Because only few are willing to be committed to walking with God. Many follow God because of his hand. Because of what God gives. God will give me a new house. Oh, he's a good God. Let me follow him. God will give me health when I'm sick. He's a good God. Let me follow him. God will bless me when, uh, when I'm cast. He's a good God. Let me follow him. But there are those like Job that God himself has unpicked to the world that not everybody who follows me follows me because of what I give. To the devil and to shame the devil that not every believer who loves me, they love me because of what I give. People in the, in the earth or on the face of the earth who love me despite the challenges they are going through, they still wake up in the morning and they blow me kiss and they still call me God. They worship me. They don't come to complain to me. They count all the blessings that I've been giving them. The victories that I've been giving them. That is why the Bible says that we should approach his court with, with thanksgiving and praise. Why? Because when you praise God and you give him thanks, it opens up the carnal mind. The carnal mind begins to realize, oh, God gave me a job. You are worthy, you are worthy. Oh, God gave me a car, you are worthy. Because... You can't just bring a carnal mind straight to an intimate worship to God. Like you can't bring a, somebody that has been carnal the rest of this week. They can't just come in and immediately they begin to worship God. Because that is another different level. That is why God says when we go to Him, we go with praise. Because as you praise Him, it, open up, it opens up your mind. And you begin to realize that God has done something in my life. There is a friend of mine that died, but me, I'm still alive. The same sickness that I have, there is a, a friend of mine that had it and he died immediately. But me, God has kept me alive. There must be something going on in me. Then all of a sudden this person begins to realize that despite the fact that he's in a challenge right now, God is still good to him. There are still millions of billions of things or trillions of things of good things that God has done for this person. So you have a reason to still glorify him. And when you glorify God in the midst of your challenge, do you know what you're doing? You're actually spitting at the face of the devil. If the enemy brought this evil to you because God did not bring evil to you, the reason why he can't bring evil to you because he's not an evil God. He can't find evil in himself. Anything he throws to you is good. If he chastises you, it, is for you, it turns out to be for your good. He gives you a discipline, it turns out for your good. Because everything he brings out is good. Because he is a good God. So every evil that is happening to you, God has allowed it to happen 
so that he may glorify himself through your life, but it will require your commitment. Commit yourself that God, you must gain glory out of this. The enemy will not emerge victorious. Jesus, you shall emerge victorious and you shall gain glory out of this. Let us live extraordinary believers. Rise up on your feet and let us pray. I don't know if you've ever heard the voice of God concerning life. If you already know what God has called you to do. There are some people who just live just for the sake of living. They don't know the purpose that God has called them for. God, you can go to heaven. God saved us so that we may live as as per the way he created us to live on the face of the earth. Do you know that in the book of Psalms, God calls us gods? In the book of Psalms, God calls us gods. When he sent Moses to the house of Pharaoh, he said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh, and I have made you a god in his eyes. Meaning that when he stretches his hands against you, he's stretching it against me. Idaho does not... Uh, Idaho should not wait to see Jesus himself coming in here when you are here. The demons in this place should not be confident knowing that, oh, Jesus is, Jesus is not coming so we can do what we want to do when you guys are here. You need always to remind the devil that this space is too small for pe- two people to rule. One has to step out and the one to step out is not you. It's him. He can go to H-E-2-2-2-3, it's called hell. He can go there when he, if he wants. But this place is for you to rule. It's for you to rule. It doesn't take you walking with 30 angels on your back and everybody seeing angels behind you for you to know that you have the power. Jesus is in your life. Jesus is in your life. And most of the time when you pray and you don't see anything happening, don't think nothing has happened. In the spiritual realm, things have happened. That is why the word says we should pray without ceasing. It is like hitting something to get into the wall or hitting a nail to get into a wood. It's like hit it without ceasing because as you keep on hitting it, it is going down and down and down. You have the power. Some of you gave up on praying because you prayed for many years and the enemy has whispered in your spirit that nothing has happened. The devil is a liar. Something happened. And if you haven't seen it, God is still working on it. Depending on the foundation or depending on the skyscraper in your life that God wants to elevate. If you want to make a chicken coop, you don't need to be given a ground. You just make a box and you put it there. You just tie it with ropes to make sure that the wind doesn't move it away. But if you want to raise up a skyscraper, it will take years of digging the foundation. To some of you, that is what you've been doing. Digging the foundation, it shall come to pass. Some of you have been discouraged because you feel like God has left you. God has never left you. He's not prepared to leave you. It is never in His plan. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you don't see me, don't think I'm not there. You can't see me because I'm not a movie. Even if you don't smell me, don't think I'm not there. You can't. 
because I am not perfect or a colon. I am God. And I'm in full charge over your life. I want us to take this time and in your own words. I just want you to pray in your own words and to ask God to enable you to walk in line with the will that he has set for your life. Yes, no enemy can thwart the will of God upon our lives, but do you know we can mess it up our own? Yes, I'm a preacher today. I'm born again today. But do you know I can decide to mess up the plans of God upon, him, upon my life? I can decide to go back to drinking, smoking marijuana like I used to do, doing drugs. I can decide to do that. But why am I not doing that? Because I have Lord and I've seen that is good. And I'm committed to walking with Him. I want us to refresh our relationship with Jesus today. Amen? I want us to refresh our relationship with Jesus and so that by the time you live here, you live knowing that you are born to be a conqueror. You are born to make it. You are born to fulfill the will of God. Just open up your mouth in your own words. Just talk to God the, the way you can. If you want to go to the other side or something, just in a few minutes, then you are going to be done. Sorry, I've conducted this service as if we're in Kenya. In Kenya, we go up to 3. We start from, 12, uh, from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. But I won't do that to you. Amen? <laughs> mm. but, but in your own words, I just feel in the spirit, uh, we need to talk to Jesus in your own words. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You alone, you know where, where you are weak, tell him to be your strength. Where you need more direction, ask him for more direction. Because Jesus is here. And is here to do us good. Amen. Just pray, just pray, just pray. Even if you're not used to this, don't worry. Just pray, just pray. Talk to your Father in heaven. If Jesus was the Son of God and he learned the secret of prayer, we have to do it. Talk to your Father in heaven. Tell him I'm tired. I'm tired of the ordinary life. I'm tired of coming to church on Sunday. Then as for Monday, I'm going back to the carnal mind that I was operating in. I want to live in your will. I want to live in your will. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to see things changing in my institution. I want to see things changing in my place of work, in my home. I want to see things changing. I want to see the manifestation of the word of God in my life and in my family. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you are not committed to walking with God because you just sat down knowing the grace of God is sufficient and He will do whatever He wants to do, God is calling you to, to commit yourself to Him again. To be committed with Him. Say, God, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to live for you. I am going to follow you. I will follow your voice. I will follow your direction. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me ask us to hold our hands so that I pray for us. Amen. 
Let's pray. Dear everlasting Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you because you are faithful. We thank you for your goodness. Father God, we thank you for what you've called us to accomplish on the face of the earth. It is something that you ordained even before the foundation of the universe. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters in this church. I just pray that you may bind them together with cords of love that no enemy will be able to cut it off. Father God, I pray that as your, as your servant ministers the word here, that your revelation will be very open to the eyes and to the ears of your people. I speak to their spiritual ears that they are opening right now in the name of Jesus. And as they walk, as they work, as they study, whatever thing they'll be doing, they will be able to hear your voice and to understand that this is not my voice, this is not the voice of the enemy, this is the voice of God. Father God, I pray for fresh fire upon their lives. I pray that Jehovah God, you may strengthen us once again. Empower this church once again. May your will be done upon this church. May you use this church to change this region in the name of Jesus. May the fire of the Holy Spirit that they have in their lives be contagious to other people. They will sit to people and people will realize that this is a different lady. This is a different man seated next to me. Jehovah God, I pray that you will give them wisdom on how to reach the lost. You will give them the right word to speak to anybody that they will encounter who does not know you. Father God, I rebuke every fear that tries to entangle their spirit in the name of Jesus. And we proclaim the boldness of the Holy Spirit of God. They will be able to be bold enough because you call them warriors. You call them more than conquerors. You call them your sons. And you've set them in this land to cause a change for God. Father, I thank you because you never lack a man. In any land, you always have a man that will speak your voice. In every country, you always lack a man that will speak your voice. The, most of the people think that America is doomed and America is going down. Because most of the hearts of the people have turned away from God. But Father, I thank you that in every nation you always reserve for yourself remnants who are still walking with you, who still hear your voice. I pray that you may elevate this church as your remnants, O oh God, and use them mightily to cause a change. We thank you for your goodness. Every sick person in our midst, we proclaim the healing of God in their bodies. May you heal them right now. May you set them free. We release the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn in their flesh and destroy everything that is not of God. Destroy everything that you did not ordain to be in their bodies. Because their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You can't live there with diseases. May you set your people free in the name of Jesus. We also pray for our son Beniah. That Jehovah God, your hand is resting heavily upon his life. And the enemy is going to be ashamed. We thank you for your healing power that is taking place in his life. We thank you for you are going to glorify yourself in his life. We thank you for the purposes that you've set for his life. Father, don't allow the devil to rejoice 
for his downfall. But Father God, I pray that you may glorify yourself. Ashame the devil big time. Ashame the enemy, oh God. Ashame the enemy to the way that the whole land will know that there is a God who is alive. I thank you for his parents. I thank you for the grace that you've given them. I thank you for the attitude that you've given them. I thank you for the mind that you've given them. The mind that realizes that this is the attack of the enemy and it is not the doing of God. And God is in this battle with them. And God has already won. I pray that Jehovah God, you may strengthen them, O Father. I pray that you may strengthen their attitude, that they will always maintain knowing that we have a God who loves us. And this enemy is coming down. This mountain is coming down. This giant that has risen against our family is coming down. May you provide the strength that they need. May you provide the finances that they need. May you provide the connections that they need. May you provide the encouragement that they need. All for the sake of your glory. We thank you. Thank you for every believer here. Anybody who is encountering any challenge that we may not know. Father, I know that you know those challenges. Help them to go through it and overcome it. Help them to emerge victoriously. Your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. May he keep you. Keep the faith. Walk with God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Why can't we put our hands together for Jesus? Because he's amazing. Amen. God bless you.